Masichet Tanit, Daf Yud Bet. All different laws and details about fasting, and we're starting off with the question of Tanit Lesha'ot. Uh, does it make sense to accept upon oneself a fast, even though it's not a full-fledged fast? And so let me just show you an outline for the beginning of the sugya. We're going to see actually two possibilities. One that we already saw yesterday, and we're going to come back to, that says a Tanit Sha'ot can make sense. You can fast for just a few hours, not a full day, but only if you accept it the day before. You have to say the day before, I'm going to fast tomorrow, even if it's not a full day. And there is such a concept like that. Um, but then we started to see Rav Chista, who has a different understanding. He says, he says, you can even accept it that very day, but it has to be all day long. So Tanit Sha'ot means that you're fasting from, from morning till night, but you uh, just kind of skip breakfast. And then you decide in the middle of the day, you know what, let me just finish the day. So only from the time that you accept it and on, that is official. That's why it's called Tanit Sha'ot. But it's not considered a fast if you just fast for, te- for 10 minutes between snacks. Um, so that's two definitions of what a Tanit Sha'ot means. Either what we're going to see with Shemuel, it's only a few hours, but you accepted it the day before. Or it's all day, but you accepted it in the, mid- in the middle of that day. All right, so we're going to see Rav Chista's statement and then three challenges to him, a challenge from Kohanim, a challenge from the Wood Feast, and a challenge from Rabbi Yochanan. And then we'll see Shemuel's opinion, and we'll get into the question of how does it work when you declare a fast? Are you, make, are you actually making a fast day? Uh, you're kind of creating a fast day from new. We're talking about individual fast days, right? Not communal ones where they're already set on the calendar or the betin makes them, um, but a, a personal one, like if you have a bad dream or something. Um, so is it that you make an official fast day or is it just a vow? And that will make a difference in a lot of the details conceptually. Okay, so we, uh, we saw the statement of Rav Chista already who said um, that mit anin l'sha'ot, as long as you didn't eat any, as you don't eat anything until the evening. And uh, now we see the next statement that Rav Chista is very similar. It, it seems to be like the same thing in different words. Any fast day that doesn't go until the sun sets, or until it gets dark, is not considered a, uh, a fast, a day of fasting. You can't just fast for a few hours in the morning. That doesn't work. Okay, it has to be the whole day and has to end when it gets dark. All right, so that's the statement. Now we have three challenges. When Kohanim, uh, when it's their turn to serve in the Bet HaMikdash, right? There were 24 different fam- clans and Levim also were split. And so when it's their turn to serve, um, they, and let's say that happens to be a fast day, uh, that, you know, a communal fast day because there's no rain or one of the set fast days on that day, they um, will fast with together with everyone, but they will not complete their fast. Um, the reason why they don't complete their fast is because they're obligated, they have to do a lot of work, so they have to have energy, and the Kohanim have to eat, they, they must eat some of the korbanot, they're required, they're required to be eaten. So they really cannot fast. Nevertheless, they do fast part of the day, they just don't complete it. So according to this, there is a value in fasting, or even though even though it's not it's not till sunset. So this is a challenge to Rav Chista, right? It seems that this is an official fast, even though they don't complete it. And the answer is, Hatam mahu. No, what they are doing, they are just causing themselves distress. It's not, they're not actually, actually fasting at all. 
Why are they causing themselves distress? Because the whole community is in distress. And we saw yesterday that when everyone's in distress, you shouldn't be sitting and eating a meal. So they want to join together with the distress of the community, but they don't complete it because they do have to eat. So really, they're not actually officially fasting at all. They're just sympathizing by refraining from eating for some time period. Okay, second challenge. So this would be a Lazad was from the family, a great grandchild of Sena'a ben Binyamin. This was a family that contributed wood to the Bet HaMikdash. Um, all, all the way since the times that they built the Bet HaMikdash, going back to Nehemiah, he says, listen, everyone, we need a lot of wood. We have to keep burning wood in the Bet HaMikdash. So um, uh, there were several families who volunteered sometime during the second Bet HaMikdash that every year on a certain date, they would contribute wood. And this family of Sena'a ben Binyamin, their day was the 10th of Av. They supplied wood on the 10th of Av. And because that day, was very happy. It was a holiday for this family. Every 10th of Av, they would celebrate a holiday. Now, in most years, that doesn't conflict with the 9th of Av, Tisha B'Av, they would fast. The 10th of Av, they would have a party. But one time, Tisha B'Av was on Shabbat, and it happens today. And we don't, we don't observe Tisha B'Av on Shabbat. We eat, a, we eat a big meal. And then we push off Tisha B'Av till Sunday, which is the 10th of Av. So what did they do? Everybody um, uh, fasted after Shabbat on Sunday. And we, because we're part of this family, we fasted, but we didn't complete the fast. It's our personal happy day. So on the one hand, we fasted, but we didn't complete it. This is a challenge to Rav Chista. Rav Chista said, if you don't uh, fast all the way until it gets dark, it's not a fast at all. But according to this statement, it sounds like it is, it does have value. It isn't officially a fast, but since they have to celebrate also, so they didn't complete it. They ate, um, they started eating a little bit before the, the before sunset. So what do you do with that, Avchista? And they'll say, over there also was not an official fast. Really, because this, this feast was so important, this holiday was so important, because you know, we want to encourage them to come and bring the wood, and it's a really happy day. So they didn't have to fast at all. But they decided to fast for a few hours just in sympathy with everyone else fasting, but really had no official value. Okay, it's quite an amazing thing that the personal joy of giving the wood would override Tisha B'Av. Um, it could be that only in this case it does because it was pushed off till Sunday. And Tisha B'Av that's pushed off till, till, till the 10th of Av has some leniencies that would not apply on Tisha B'Av itself. But in any case, the point is really they could have eaten all day, um, but they wanted to join in the distress of the community. Third question, One time Rabbi Yochanan made a vow. He says, I am not going to eat anything until I get home. And uh, well, when's he getting home? Presumably while it's still daytime out. And that means that there's such a thing as a, a daytime fast for a few hours that doesn't have to last till it gets dark. Another challenge to Rav Chista, who said that um, a fast only is only meaningful if you do it until it gets dark. So what is he going to do with that? It's a little funny. This, uh, that was only to get out of an invitation from the Nasi. Right, and if the Nasi invites you, then it's not polite to uh, say no 
Uh, so Bari Yochanan did not want to go to the house of Nasi for whatever reason. It takes a long time and you have to be polite and whatever. And so he took upon himself a fast that I'm not going to eat anything until I get home. And that way, uh, should the Nasi see him on the way and said, oh, Rabbi Yochanan, please come in for a meal, he could say, truthfully, I, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm, a, I'm in a ta'anit. And so that is a, a short ta'anit that's really just a vow. And maybe even it doesn't apply at all because Rav Chista said that a, a, a ta'anit that's not a full day is not actually ta'anit. So this was not official, an official ta'anit. Um, it was just an excuse. And therefore, it does not contradict Rav Chista. All right. So that's all the opinion of uh, Rav Chista that uh, a, a ta'anit sha'ot means that you're actually fasting all day till it gets dark, but you can accept in the middle of the day. But now we're going to see Shemuel that says, no, in fact, you can, you can uh, fast for a few hours. The main thing is you have to accept it from the day before, and he's going to add, has to be during the Mincha prayer. So something about doing it during the Tefillah that's significant. Let's see. Amar Shemuel. That's number one. You have to accept the fast beforehand uh, from the day before. It has to be planned. It can't just be that you were so busy and you forgot to eat. That's not, not called ta'anit. Ta- ta- I mean, psychologically, we mentioned it's actually harder to fast when you know you can't fast and rather than when you just uh, um, happen not to eat. Okay, mai. And now we have a question to Shmuel. Let's say someone doesn't accept it from the day before, but they do in fact fast a whole day. Right, all twelve hours they fast. Is it worth anything? And he says no. It's like a bellows that's full of air. Right, just like a bellows looks like it's full, but really it's just air inside. There's nothing in it. So too, this person is fasting all day, and maybe it looks like he's doing something, but really there's no substance to it. Right, you just let all the air out, and it's zero. Um, it's a good analogy because. Uh, uh, just like he has no food in his stomach, his empty, his stomach is empty, right? And now it's full of air, but it's not, it's not worth anything. Uh, so therefore, therefore, no, if you don't accept it from before, it's worth zero. Okay. Now, when exactly um, do you have to accept the fast? Assuming that you do have to do it from the day before, this is against Rav Chista. Remember Rav Chista, so you could do it that day. Um, so two opinions. Rav says during the afternoon. He doesn't say when in the afternoon, just any time has to be close to the, the, the day. Um, but yeah, any any time in the afternoon. But Shmuel says during the prayer of tefillah, you have to incorporate it actually in the prayer. Tosafot uh, 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 says either it's uh during the in the middle of the bracha of Shema Tefillah, or maybe at the end, all the way at the end of the Amidah, there has to be incorporated Amidah that you come and say, Tomorrow I'm going to fast. Um, all right. So Ahmad Av Yosef, Av Yosef says, you know what? It makes sense what Shemuel said. Dichtiv bimigilat ta'anit lahen kol inish deyete alohi mikamat dena yesar. Because it says in Megillah Tanit, we already saw Megillah Tanit a couple of times, and this is a, an ancient scroll uh, in which are listed a few, three dozen happy days on which one cannot fast and, uh, or, um, or, or give eulogies. And the very last line um, ha- says, anyone who, who takes upon himself from beforehand a fast, 
Yesad will be bound to that fast. In other words, even though we listed all these three dozen days that are happy days and you shouldn't fast, if you did accept upon your fa- your, uh, yourself a fast beforehand, then you're bound to the fast, right? That will override the, uh, the happiness of the day. Um, you shouldn't do it, but like if you did it, then you st- still would fast. And we say, my love, yesad And so doesn't that mean that he has he binds himself beforehand in prayer during the tefillah, uh, even though it doesn't say that in in that in the quote from the Megillah Tanit, we're assuming that binding himself has something to do with prayer, and we say la yeah said atzmo no maybe that word bislo selah right from tefillah uh, uh, maybe uh, you skip that word and it's just yeah said atzmo beforehand any time beforehand. And it doesn't have to be beforehand specifically during prayer. Okay, question? Yeah, Rabbi, I'm just curious. Is this something that is valid today? Like, can, can we today take upon ourselves to, to do a fast, an individual fast? Yes, yeah, yes, yes, one may. And uh, uh, people, some people still do, especially if they have a bad dream and they feel like it's a, it's a you know, negative energy, bad omen. Uh, so they will fast. And um, uh, really, uh, some people fast on a yurt site of uh for a parent or loved one every year and so, so is that considered this, is that considered like a nether and what's the implication if you don't manage to keep it okay very good we're, we're going to come to that now and so it's kind of like a nether and if you don't keep it that's a good question then do you have to make it up on another day or once you miss your chance then you miss it that's going to come up later in the daf good question okay um so let's look at the megillah ta'anit itself I have here, this is the uh, uh, a scholarly edition by Vera Noam of the Megillah. The Megillah itself is only 38 lines. That's it. It's pretty short. Uh, a lot of it is a commentary that comes up, comes at uh, uh, a later date called a scolion. The last line of the Megillah itself says this. Um, uh, a person who takes upon himself as is, is prohibited during the prayer. And so it does have the word in prayer in, uh, in, in, the, in the Megillah itself, right? And in this edition, and it's in the manuscript also, um, another manuscript also. So the word Bislaw does appear. And so Shemuel, maybe he had, uh, uh, or um, Rav Yosef, uh, who's proving from Megillah Ta'anit, like Shemuel must have had this word. And so therefore he's saying, Shemuel's right. You have to accept it upon yourself during prayer. Um, but then we say, well, maybe not. Maybe there's another version that doesn't have bitzlo. And, um, and therefore it doesn't have to be during tefillah. Okay, either that one had the word and one didn't have the word. Or maybe there's another difference here. One says, yud yud samichresh, yesad. The other one has an aleph, yeasad. Now they could mean the same thing. Because even to say, when you say yeasad from the word asur means to be prohibited. But it also means to bind, um, like matir asurim. Uh, Shem, you release those who are bound in in uh, in, in jail or uh, in a difficult situation. So to be asur also means to bind. Um, but perhaps there's a, a, a subtle difference between them that yesad to bind is a little different from to be prohibited. What would be the difference? And now we could think about the conceptual difference between um, these two possibilities here. Are you making a new official day or just a vow? Well, there's a difference. If you're making a new official day, 
then it may make more sense. You have to do it during tefillah, right? Why would Shemel say that you have to accept it upon, accept it upon yourself during the tefillah of Mincha? Well, think of it this way. Think of Shabbat or Yom Tov, that you can accept the holidays early. And usually, you know, we accept it. We accept uh, uh, the holiness of a day during tefillah. Like if we say Abit um, or Kabbalat Shabbat uh, on Friday uh, afternoon, even if it's before sunset, we accept upon the day. Now, those days are not uh, uh, prohibited as a vow. It's an official day on the calendar. And now you're just accepting it early. And so that's different from a vow. See, if I say, if I make a vow and I say, I'm not going to drive my car tomorrow, then I can, I can drive all the way until tomorrow starts. Uh, right? There'll be, there'll be no accepting it beforehand. It wouldn't matter uh, if, when the prayer is. So uh, accepting it in the prayer seems to say it's an, I'm making an essence of a day uh, rather than just a vow that is more flexible. Okay, so uh, this is could be could have something to do with that. Um, in any case, Rav Yosef tries to prove from Megillah Tanit that in fact it is during time of prayer that you accept upon it, upon yourself. But then the Gemara says, no, maybe not. Maybe it's just asur, just kind of like a vow, and it could be any time. Okay, these two opinions here actually are reflected in these two early Amoraim. One of them had the version yesad, and maybe that binding comes along also with the word bisla, right? He, but you bind yourself to a to an essence of a new day, and so that has to be during tefillah. Or one says it's prohibited, kind of like a vow. Manda mad yesad kedamrina. The one who says yesad, that will be according to the way we already explained it, according to Shemuel, that the mikadmat dena, one who accepts upon himself from before this meaning during the prayer, he will bind himself to the fast day, and now he has to, uh, he has to start it, uh, we'll see, as soon as he kind of stops eating. Um, and, uh, but the other one who says, yeah, I said, he, then what does it mean to accept it upon yourself before uh, if it's, uh, yeah, I said, and what would be the case uh, that that applies to the Tanya b'Megillah Tanit called Inishti Yete Alohi Mikadmat Dena Ye Aser Kesad, and so now we're quoting again the that last line of Megillah Tanit. Anyone who accepted upon himself before will be prohibited. Well, in what case? How long before? Yachid shekibel alav sheni v'chamishi v'sheni shel kol ashenakula verubam yamim tovim aketurim v'megillah tanit. Let's say someone accepted upon himself. I'm going to be fasting Mondays and Thursdays and Mondays the whole year, right? Just keep going uh, uh, open ended. And uh, it happens to be that you know he didn't really look at his calendar so carefully, and there are some holidays during that time of the holidays that are mentioned in Megillah Tanit, like um, uh, Hanukkah. Hanukkah is eight days, so for sure, some Monday and Thursday is going to overlap with Hanukkah. And he wouldn't be allowed to fast. So what should he do? If he made a vow before we declare those days to be holidays, then his vow will undo our gezerah. In other words, if a person, let's say they were living before the time of the Hashmonaim, and uh, he made a vow because, you know, terrible persecution by Antiochus and so on. And so he said, I'm going to vow, I'm going to uh, fast every Monday and Thursday for the next couple of years. 
And then all of a sudden the Chashmanim come and they win and the rabbis get together and they say, we're going to celebrate Chanukah every year. No fasting. Well, this guy, he accepted the fast before they made that a holiday. Therefore, his uh, vow takes precedence. However, if the holiday was on the books already, the rabbis already made it first. And then some years later, the person said, I'm going to make, I'm going to fast every Monday and Thursday, the whole year. Well, then when Chanukah comes or any of the other dates that are listed there, because that Chanukah came first, so that overrides his vow. And that's what it means here when it says anyone who accepted upon himself a vow before the date that the, before the Gezerah, before they made it a holiday, if you accepted it before they made it a holiday, then yeah, I said, then, you'll, you, then you're prohibited uh, from eating and you have to follow your vow. Otherwise, you're permitted to, permitted to eat and you don't follow the vow because you can't vow against this, um, this, uh, this rule, this Megillah uh, Tamid. Uh, okay, fascinating stuff here. Um, but we go on. Tenora banan, ad matai ochel until when may one eat and drink? If you if you have if there's a communal fast um, that you're allowed to eat during the day, right? So like this is um, a minor fast or one of the first three fasts when it wasn't it didn't start raining um, in the beginning of Kislev. So these are only twelve hour fasts. So when until when can you eat? And the answer is until uh, dawn. Uh, good. He says a little bit earlier when the rooster calls, the rooster calls even a little bit before dawn. And that's what we, today, that's what we, we, we say from dawn, although there's different ways to calculate when dawn is. Abaye says, no, you can eat till, till dawn only if you didn't finish your meal. But if you finished your meal during the evening, then that's it. So if sometime during the night uh, you have, uh, you know, even a late dinner at 10 p.m. and you finish your meal and you say, that's it. By finishing the meal, you already started, you already accepted the fast. So this is a really interesting concept because even though officially, uh, technically, the fast starts at dawn, if you stop eating, then it starts from the night, which means in a way, the fast, even though it's only a 12 hour fast, technically, it really is a full day fast. It's 24, it's a 24 hour uh, period. Um, that is a fast day, um, even though you, you can eat for, for some time on it and only have to start from dawn. But if you stop eating and uh, then you have to stop, if you stop a meal, you have to stop eating from then on. Challenge to Abaye where Rava has a brayta that says, if you finish the meal and you stood up, you can continue eating, right? Even though you stood up, you say, you know what? I want to have uh, some fruit. You can do that. No, the answer is that's when they didn't pick up the table, right? They used to have little trays that they would bring with food on it. As long as the tray is still there, even if the person said, oh, I'm done, I still stood up. They say, you know what? I want to eat a little more. That's okay. But once they take the table away, that's the official total finish of the meal. And then the fast begins then, even if it's just the, the beginning of the night. 
Another version of what Ava says that as that the fast day starts at dawn, but that's only if you don't didn't sleep. Once you go to sleep, then you can't you can't eat anymore. Even if you wake up in the middle of night, that's it. Once you went to sleep, you had in mind, you know, that's I'm I'm done. Uh challenges that from Braita and says, No, if you uh, go to sleep and wake up, you're allowed to eat. And the answer is hatam nem. That's only if you didn't really go to sleep. You're just dozing a little. You doze off on the on the couch um, after dinner. So you didn't really go to sleep. So then you can wake up and still continue eating. But if you woke, went to sleep in your bed, um, you officially went to sleep, then you wake up in the, night, in the middle of the night, you cannot eat anymore. What's the definition of dozing? He's asleep, but not totally asleep. He's, a kind of, he's awake, kind of, but not really awake. If you call him, he'll answer, right? Say, Joe, uh, yeah, Joe, what? what? And if you ask him a, 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 a hard question, he won't be able to answer it, right? Some, some reason, you know, why is this? What's three plus three? He won't be awake enough to answer that. But if you remind him of something, They'll say, yeah, right. If you tell them, uh, you know, remember that time we went to London? They'll say, yeah, London. Yeah, yeah, we went to, you know. So he's uh, in, a, in a stupor, uh, but he's not fully asleep. Okay. Um, so in that case, if he's not fully asleep, he can wake up and eat again. Um, and that is the halakha lemaseh nowadays. A lot of times uh, when, um, if a fast starts at, uh, you know, whatever, 5 a.m., uh, someone, people will want to go to sleep and then wake up early and eat breakfast. Um, uh, that is only okay if you have in mind when you fall asleep, he says, listen, I'm going to sleep now, but it's not my last meal. I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m. and I'm going to eat then. If you have in mind that you're going to wake up and eat, that's fine. But if you don't have in mind, then the act of going to sleep and sleeping means that's it. You're done. We're done with eating. And the fast begins when you fall asleep. Okay, good. Amar Rav Kahana, Amar Rav. When an individual accepts a fast, right? So remember, there's two kinds. There's a communal fast, uh, which is like one of the fast days on the calendar, or if there's no rain for a while, um, then everyone fasts. And then there's individual fasts that one can take upon oneself. Uh, by the way, the discussion yesterday about is uh, if someone fasts, are you called a sinner, Shemuel said, or is it good to fast? That was talking about only individual fast as a good to take upon yourself. But obviously, a communal fast, everyone has to do. So Rav says that an individual took upon himself a fast, cannot wear shoes. Why? Because we worry, maybe he had in mind that he's going to accept upon himself a communal fast. Now, this is a kind of a contradiction in terms because you called it a, a personal fast. And then you said, well, maybe it's a communal fast. This is not a communal fast. He, he took it upon himself. But the idea is that when he takes upon himself a fast, he really should clarify, am I going to take upon myself a 12-hour fast in which I'm allowed to wear shoes? Or he might have in mind, I want to accept upon myself a full-fledged 24-hour fast in which shoes are not allowed. So, right, in other words, he's picking what type of fast, and there's a type of fast called Tanit Sibur, by which we mean the, the, the more serious uh, fasts. So since he, maybe he has that in mind, 
then um, he, we, have to, we have to worry that maybe he did, and therefore he's not allowed to wear shoes. So in order to avoid this problem, when a person takes upon himself a fast, he should specify, tomorrow I'm going to take upon myself a fast that's an individual fast. And uh, built into that definition is, it's a short fast in which wearing shoes and other inuyim are allowed, and if he says that, then he could wear his shoes. So the sages said to Rav Sheshat, um, Rav Sheshat was blind. So they told him, listen, we see sages, they're going to the Bet Midrash on a communal fast day and they're wearing their shoes. Um, so what's going on? Rav Shashat said, it's terrible. And so when the students came, Rav Shashat said, oh, how was, how was breakfast today, right? Must be also our eating if you're wearing shoes. Um, okay, so in other words, these go together. Communal fast, you one, one should not, uh, one should not uh, eat or wear shoes either. Um, but he was like really uncomfortable not to wear, not to wear shoes. Um, and you know, nowadays there's lots of comfortable shoes that are not leather. So we find a way, but in those days they didn't have just extra pair of, uh, canvas sneakers around. And so, um, uh, they would, uh, figure out how to wear shoes in other ways. Abenava would enter synagogue wearing sandals on the leather side. In other words, they would wear their shoes upside down their, their sandals. Um, somehow they have to strap them on somehow, but they'd wear them upside down. So it was, it was uncomfortable. Um, these sages would switch around their right and left shoes. And that way, and that way it was uncomfortable and unusual. So they're still suffering, even though they don't have to cut themselves on the street. Uh, they would, uh, the, the other sages uh, in the school of Rav Asher would wear shoes in a normal way. Why? We saw the statement before that in Bavel, there is the only Tanit Sibur, the only long fast in which you cannot wear shoes is Tisha Be'av. That's because in Bavel, they had, they had a river. So they never had uh, fast days of, because of urgent need for rain. And therefore, since it was never such a thing, so you can assume even an individual takes upon himself a fast would be an individual fast. And there are no, no long communal fasts. So therefore, um, they could always wear their shoes. And that was not a problem, except, of course, on Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur. Of course, then, then, they, then they would uh, not wear shoes. Amarav Yudamarav, Love Adam Tanito. Okay, here's a question you asked about before. Um, if you, for some reason, cannot fast on a given day, uh, so Rav says you can borrow your fast and repay, right? If you, for whatever reason you need to eat on this day, so you can eat on that day, and that's, you know, borrowing, and then you'll pay it back uh, next week, you'll fast on another day. Shemuel rejected this. He says, what is this, a vow? That, uh, that, you, that it's a double negative here. That it's not enough if you, it's not enough if you, don't, if you don't repay it, meaning that you have to repay. If I make a neder, if I say, I'm going to give uh, this person $100, 
If I don't have $100 now, I have to give it to him tomorrow or whenever I get $100. So Shemuel saying, is a fast like a vow that I have to pay it no matter what? No, it's not. I accept it upon myself to feel discomfort on a given day. And if I, for whatever reason, I didn't feel good and I couldn't do it, so then that's it. I don't, I, I, I miss the fast. I don't have to repay it. It's not just saying you can't do that, uh, miss it and repay it later. If he can, he should make himself suffer. And if he can't, then he doesn't make himself suffer. There's no makeups. Okay, that's very interesting. I think this fits with what we said about Shemuel before, that he doesn't conceptualize it as a, as a vow, but rather as a day in and of itself. And so similarly, if you missed uh, Yom Kippur, um, because you weren't feeling well, whatever reason, and you had to eat, so you don't make up Yom Kippur on another day. Okay. There's another version of this whole conversation where Rav says the same thing. Yes, you can borrow and pay back. You can make up a fast. When I said this in front of Shemuel, he says, yeah, I agree. It's, of course you can. It's a vow after all. Just like a vow, you can't do it today. So if I commit, I'm going to help you uh, with your garden. So I can't do it today. I have to, that's a vow. I got to do it tomorrow. I got to do it the next day. And so according to that, um, there is a concept of a vow, even according to Shemuel. Rav Yehoshua, Bered Rav Idi Igla Leber Rav Asi, Avadu Le Igla Tilta. So one time Rav Yehoshua went to the house of Rav Asher and they pre- prepared a third born calf. In other words, the highest quality meat. Uh, it's considered that when uh, the mother gives birth to the first and second, uh, it's very young and that meat is still not quite perfect. But the third born calf, is the most tender meat. So So they told the guest, you know, have, have some, taste something. Sorry, I accepted a fast upon myself. Okay, so eat today and you'll pay it back tomorrow. Now you have this beautiful meal in front of you, right? Uh, uh, tomorrow, you're not going to have the meal. So eat today and fast another day. Right? Don't you agree with Rav that says you can do that? Says, yeah, I agree in general, but this fast that, I'm, that, I, that I accepted upon myself, myself was because of a bad dream. Uh, a fast because of a bad dream, you have to do immediately. Uh, because you 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 dream something negative is going to happen, and you have to fast to undo the power of the dream. So you don't want to wait till next week. Uh, you, have, you have to do it right away. So he says, no, even the, the, as tempting as the steak looks, uh, nevertheless, I'm going to continue my fast. Um, have making a fast because of a dream is as effective as lighting fire to chaff. Chaff is very flammable and just destroys it. So too, even if you have a bad dream, fasting will undo it totally. But it's only on the very day. You can't wait. Yes, you have to do it immediately. Even on Shabbat, if you have a bad dream before Shabbat, so you would, you would go and accept upon yourself a fast even on Shabbat. Now, we know that you're not allowed to fast on Shabbat. You can't even uh, go till midday without eating. You have to eat something on Shabbat. 
It's part of Onik Shabbat. So now what are you going to do? My That's a good one, right? If you do fast on Shabbat because you had a bad dream, then it's okay, but you have to fast again for the sin of fasting on Shabbat. So it's a fast for fasting. Um, good, but let's make sure the second one is not on Shabbat. Otherwise, you're going to have to fast again for that one. And now we're up to the next Mishnah. Avru elu anu. Okay, so far we saw that if it starts Cheshvan, the Yechidim, the, the, the sages take upon themselves a minor fast. And then in Kislev, it still doesn't uh, uh, rain. So then the community takes upon themselves a minor fast. When I say minor, I mean 12-hour fast. And if these both pass and still there's no rain, they weren't answered, then the whole community has to fast three more times, Monday, Thursday, Monday. And during this set of three, they can eat and drink while it's still day, meaning before the beginning of the night um, uh, of the fast. So in other words, they have to, they, they, they have to, it's a 24 hour fast. They have to stop eating at night and they cannot do work, right? No, no going to work. It's a very serious day. And also you're the, the five general inuim of washing and uh, anointing and wearing shoes and uh, using the bed for intimacy and uh, bathing, right? They would actually lock the ba- bathhouses because no one's allowed to bathe. And so these were now the three major fasts. If those three pass and still doesn't rain, then the Betin will make another seven fasts um, that will be major fasts. And that would be 13 altogether on the, on, on the community. Um, these, uh, right, we had here, uh, three that we talked about before, plus uh, another uh, three and three, and then here is another seven. Um, so no, so we had six. We had three beforehand on the whole community. Another that were minor fast. Three here that are major fasts. That's six, and then they do seven more. That's thirteen altogether on the community, besides the three that the individual sages did. And these last seven are even more severe than the than the, those three in that you would blow shofar, and they'd lock the stores, no, no buying or selling. Even though you lock the stores on, on a Monday fast, you would open the stores a little bit before sunset because people need to buy uh, groceries so that they could make a meal to break the fast. And on Thursday, they would open the stores because uh, they have to shop for Shabbat. Um, so even that closing the stores was only for some of the time. If all those 13 fasts passed and still didn't rain, then in general, we stop doing business, we limit our business transactions, we limit the amount that we're going to build and plant because those are all happy things to do, we limit weddings, people don't say hello to each other like on Tisha B'Av, in other words, we go into a deep state 
of, of mourning and sadness. Like people who have been rebuked by God, right? If, uh, if your, your boss or your parent yells at you, you walk out and your, your face is dropped and you're not in the mood to smile or do anything, everyone is in a state of depression. The back to the sages, the individual sages will continue fasting on Mondays and Thursdays until the end of Nisan, and hopefully some rain will come. But if not, but if Nisan ended and rain and then rain comes afterwards in the yard, there's no time. That's not a good celebration. That's actually a curse because by then. Whatever grew, I mean, probably not much grew because there wasn't rain, but even the little that grew is already out in the field and rain will then ruin it um, should it rain afterwards because that's the time already of harvest. And so you kind of uh, just reading this, you uh, get the, the sense of the depression and sadness and tragedy um, because, you know, it means that there'll be a lot of people that will be really starving and some people will die of starvation. So it's, it's a time for uh, the community to get together and just mourn over the situation. All right. And I mean, the idea is also hopefully by, by uh, walking around that way, Hashem will see and have mercy and uh, hopefully bring rain before that. Now we understand all the things on the list because those are, uh, pleasurable items, rechitza, uh, washing, sicha, uh, anointing, tashmisha mita, and being intimate on the bed. Aval melacha sarhu, but going to work, no one likes to go to work. When if you tell people, oh, and also you can't work, everybody's going to celebrate. Fantastic, we get a day off, right? So why is that called one of the inuyim? Amar of chista, amar of yirbiya, amar bar aba, amar kera, kadeshu som kedu asara isfu zikenim. When he says to sanctify a fast, he also puts it together with call a solemn assembly, asara. So asara, like shemini asara, the eighth day of stopping, ceasing, ceasing from what? Ceasing from work and gathering the elders together. So, so to a fast day, um, even though it's not like official, officially you can't do work the 39 melachot, but it means you shouldn't spend time doing regular business. So it's like uh, like an aseret, ka aseret, ma aseret usub aseret melacha, aftanit asub aseret melacha. So we learn it from the pasuk um, that you can't do uh, work. That's really didn't answer the question. Isn't everyone going to be happy to have a day off? And the answer is, that you should, by not going to work, you're not lounging out, lounging around and having fun and having a party because you can't eat and drink or anything anyway. The point is that you're going to use that time for self-reflection, for teshuvah. So don't be busy with work, but rather stay home so that you can uh, concentrate on teshuvah. That's exactly what we're going to say. Now hold on. On a regular assembly day, like on a holiday, Yom Tov, you have to stop doing work from the nighttime. So uh, during a Ta'anit, are we going to say you stop doing work also from the nighttime? I know we stopped eating from the night before, but does that apply to work also? It doesn't. So what does this mean? says, I have an answer that I learned from it says that the asedet, stopping from work, is connected with the elders gathering together. So it's similar to the elders gathering together. When do elders get together? They don't get together at night. They are at night. The elders are home sleeping. Um, they get together during the day. 
So too, when we say stop doing work on the fast day, it means stopping to do work during the day, even though you're eating, not eating at night, but the stopping from work is during the day. In any case, most people are farmers. There's no, not, no, not, no work during the night. Now, if you're talking about when the elders get together, usually don't they get together in the middle of the day at noon? So then we should say that the ceasing from work on the fast day should be from noon and on, right? And But not in the morning. This is, no, it is in fact from the morning, and we can now support this opinion that's from the morning from Rav Huna, who said that on a public fast day, we gather together in the morning. And now we're going to see why we gather together in the morning. And this is so essential to understanding what fast days are all about. Um, what's the schedule on a fast day? From the morning until the middle of the day on a public fast day, we get together in the middle of the town and we have a meeting to examine the affairs of the town. We check all the accounts and everything and we look for any dishonesty, any thievery, um, any uh, corruption uh, in, the, in, the, in, in the community by by officials, by individuals, by businesses, and we check because after all, right, as Yeshaya said, the, the haftarah that we say on Yom Kippur, right, Hashem says, do I benefit? Do I need your fasting that you're swaying like a bulrush in, in your prayer? I need you to take care of the poor and the widow and the orphan. So they got to check their accounts. Are you uh, being dishonest? Are you ripping people off? Are you treating people respectfully? Um, are you giving? Are you taking care of the needy? That, that's what they do half the day. Amazing, an amazing thing. After that, starting at noon, then they take out the Sefer Torah and they read um, a, part, a section from the Torah and from Haftarah, as we do today. We read by Chal Moshe. Um, and from the rest of the day, we say tachanun, we ask for mercy. As the Pasuk says in Nehemiah, that they first they read from the Torah for a quarter of the day, and then they prayed for a quarter of the day. And so this is right, and just a, a quite quite an astounding thing that uh, the fast day, an essential part, actually most of the day is spent not just praying, but um, fasting and not going to work in order that people will concentrate on making teshuva. Last question, ipuchana. Well, maybe we should be the, the, the reverse. Nechemiah said that we read Torah a quarter of the day and say tachanun a quarter of the day. But maybe that's in the morning, and then you'd have the meeting with the, of the elders in the afternoon. So who said, and then in that case, since the meeting elders meet at noon, then from noon on, it would be no work. Don't go to work so that you can attend that meeting and make the Shuvah together. How do you know it's this way? So this we turn to Ezra, and then Ezra says, first we assembled uh, everyone, and uh, uh, and so, so, so they, this is the assembly that's referring to, and only after that, next pasuk says, 
um, during the Mincha time, he arose and he spread out his hands in prayer. So first he had the assembly and then he has the prayer. And that also makes a lot of sense that what's the point of praying if you don't make Teshuvah first? Hashem, please have mercy. Yeah, Hashem says, well, what did you do to deserve it? So first we get together and we think about our deeds and we think about um, doing acts of chesed and righteousness and stopping um, uh, 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 abusing people and taking advantage of people. First, you do that half the day. Only then you can come and, and then you read and learn Torah and think about the, the messages of the Nevi'im. Only after that, then you say, okay, look, we did something, we did something concrete and useful. We help people. Now, Hashem, will you please have mercy? Okay, really beautiful. And I think we should uh, bring back this custom on, on fast days. I mean, even though technically you, know, you could work, you can go to work on fast days, um, I, more and more people, they stay home on Av and they'll, and they'll go to classes. But maybe we should institute getting together and thinking about how we could uh, help more people and uh, stop the pain of others um, on the fast day. And then uh, by that merit, uh, 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 have, have more merit to come before Hashem and ask for mercy. Um, Baruch Adonai Lodam, Amen ve'amen.